The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a fun show tonight. We've got a first-time starter and a long-time veteran of the show. Uh, tonight's uh, first guest is going to be a woman by the name of Mary Manis, who operates Break to Breeze Racing in Paris, Kentucky. I uh, just happened to get recommended to her uh, from a friend on Facebook and went over to her site, and it looked very, very interesting. Uh, the farm looks like it has some fantastic facilities, so I gave her a call, and Took a while for her to call me back because she was busy down there buying horses at Keeneland, and uh, I did finally get a hold of her, and uh, so she's going to be on. Sounds like an interesting uh, individual. Uh, she's a career horse w- woman who's uh, lived for the last 10 years on this farm in Paris, Kentucky. Uh, she developed an indoor training facility on the property. We're going to ask her more about that. One thing that I, a couple of things I found interesting about her when I was reading her bio was she's a world traveler. She's lived in Europe and the Middle East And when she's not raising and training young racehorses at her farm or at the track, she performs as the lead vocalist with a hard rock band by the name of Five Minutes Left. I got to get down to Paris, Kentucky and check this act out. So Mary Mattis is going to be our first guest, and we're going to talk about what happens to those horses after they leave the sales ring and make it to her farm, what goes in to the breaking process. Then coming up, our handicapper at the bottom of the hour, writer, handicapper, track announcer, and a man in racing that I very much admire. That's right, admire. Okay, uh, top races this week. Uh, Our friend Don Stevens is going to be a busy man down at Delta Downs. And uh, we're going to take a look at their two graded races down there. The Delta Jackpot, grade three, million dollars on the line. And Mark Cassie, who's been so hot of late, has not won but two starters. Of course, it wouldn't be a good two-year-old race if Doug O'Neill and Bob Baffert uh, didn't have horses in there. And let's not leave out the likes of Dale Romans and Steve Asmussen. So uh, it should be interesting to see who uh, Ed likes in the Delta Downs jackpot. Now, that's for uh, two-year-olds, and they'll be going a mile and a 16th, so most of them stretching out the first time. There'll be uh, a few stretch-outs in the other race that is graded, the $400,000 Delta Downs Princess. That's going to be going a mile. Again, we'll tap in on Ed there. And then uh, a race that uh, kind of fell off the table but has been making a comeback, and it is graded. It's the Frank DeFrancis 
Memorial Dash from Laurel Park, and we got some fast ones in there. I want to see who uh, Ed weeded out uh, XY Jets in there uh, after that trip to Dubai and uh, kind of uh, needed a comeback in the Vosburg but caught a muddy track, and I've been falling a lot. That's what I'm going to call this horse. We'll see what Ed calls him. Uh, Comes into this race with Calvin Burrell. Horse has been lightly raced this year, but three starts, three wins, including the King Cotton a race he won last year, too. And then uh, if we have time, hopefully we'll get up over the border to the Bess Arabian at Woodbine. Of course, you've got, uh, you know, Canadian uh, great uh, Roger Atfield uh, has one in there. And uh, we've got a lot of horses with current excellent form. Again, that race at seven furlongs. Okay, Uh, don't forget uh, that uh, next week, here on Winning Ponies is our Thanksgiving show, and we're going to be featuring our Breeders' Cup review with two multi-award winning turf riders, Alicia Wentz-Hughes from the Blood Horse Now and the Daily Racing Form's Jay Privman. So, uh, you know, next Thursday, if you're tired of dodging conversation with relatives you hope weren't coming over for Thanksgiving this year, slip away at 8 o'clock Eastern or whatever time you are and tune in to Winning Ponies. Of course... It's this time of year when the historic fairgrounds opens up their gates. Uh, They're going to be open this Saturday. Uh, Traditionally, they always open up right around Thanksgiving. And Churchill Downs has a solid stakes program through the whole Thanksgiving holiday weekend. So you know what to do. You want to go to winningponies.com and pull down our highly successful easy win forms. couple hits from last week. Speaking of Woodbine, we had a $1 super key that paid $3,375. They're racing at Aqueduct now. And we had a $2 pick six that was only a five out of six, but still paid $3,394. And again, reminding you about Churchill Downs with some great racing. And we had a $1 super there for $2,080. Well, up next, a headline I am not surprised to read. Run Happy Retired to Stand at Claiborne. Gallery Racing announced that the champion sprinter from 2015 run happy has been retired so uh, he was undefeated in sprint competition but they started uh, stretching him out Uh, he is a talented horse though i mean uh, he won at six different tracks on all weather on dirt surfaces fast sloppy and muddy uh of course a lot of stories around run happy with the uh lisa burrell and lisa worrells and uh the uh, kind of uh, drama that went with it, and then the questions about stretching uh, the horse out. Um, so we'll we'll find out. But uh, nonetheless, Claiborne Farm, they only stand the best. So Run Happy is going to be there. Of course, Run Happy could throw horses that do more than just sprint since he's a son of Super Saver. So in all 10 starts from two to four, Run Happy earned over $1.4 million dollars. Uh, his final two starts and only races as a four-year-old were both at a mile. His debut was a fourth place in the ACK-ACK, and he ended his career with an eighth-place finish in the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. Now, this just out, uh, I was trying to pull down stories just before we go on air, and it looks like Tourist, who won this year's Breeders' Cup Mile and stakes record time, now that's a the grade one on the turf, has been retired from racing and will stand stud at Windstar Farm. Uh, 
uh, Elliot Walden, very happy to have him there. When you think about all the great milers from Phillies like Mies, Golikova, Teppen, horses like Lure, Royal Academy, Cozine, and Wise Dan, they've all participated in the mile, and they feel that that's going to make tourists very attractive. And I'll tell you what else is going to be very attractive is his stud fee. I believe they're going to stand him for only $12,500. Of course, he's a Bill Mott trainee. And the, the buyers that he had during the year, I mean, in the mile, he earned a 108 buyer um, and uh, just defeated nine group or grade one winners. So uh, a tourist going to Windstar, again, very attractive, 12500 Now, last week we said that uh, Teppen was uh, going to be going to the Hong Kong Mile. Well, a little bit of a change in plans. It looks like she's going to target the $6 million Dubai turf, which is not going to be run until March 25th. Now, uh, you will get a chance to see Teppen run if you're in the Tampa area. Uh, they're going to run in the $150,000 Lamholm Southern Endeavor, that's a grade three on the turf at Tampa Bay Downs, February 11th, the same race that launched her 2016 campaign. So you Florida folks or people that want to travel down there will get a chance uh, to see her run. Of course, she's had no problem with world travel. You may recall her win over some of the world's top milers in the Royal Ascot in the Queen Anne grade one stakes last year. Okay, some jockey news. I know uh, we talked a little bit about this with uh, Jay. Privman a week ago, and uh, Art Sherman says he's going to be sticking with Victor Espinoza. A lot of pundits wondering why he spent so much time looking around for Arrogate instead of just sending California Chrome away, but uh, he just says, I've never taken a rider off for just one race. When you lose, you're always looking to blame someone. He's ridden so many good races on him, and then he looked back to the Dubai World Cup. I Hope you remember that race. The saddle slipped, and Victor got the job done. So they're going to be pointing to the uh, Pegasus, but guess who's going to be there? Arrogate. Uh, he's gone back to the track following the Breeders' Cup already, and he's going to meet California Chrome in the Pegasus. And uh, Bob Baffert says that he's grown an inch since the Del Mar Summer Meet now stands at 16 three and a half hands. That's going to be a great rematch. Now, I believe Run Happy had a, a spot in the Pegasus. I wonder if that's going to be sold or if they have another horse in the barn. It'll be very interesting uh, to see who fills all those spots that were purchased for a million dollars each. Okay, uh, Jockey of the Week, Paco Lopez. Uh, he had a mountain five of the seven stakes on millions preview day at Gulfstream park and he ended up winning three of them so those stakes wins vaulted him to the top of the weekly standings for jockeys and earnings uh, fourth on leading rider overall uh, so far he's earned 8.6 million and is ranked 15th by annual earnings here in north america all right uh wishes go out for a speedy recovery to jose valdivia jr he's expected to be sidelined through mid-january after that 41 year old native of peru sustained a broken left tibia and fibula during a fall uh, in the fourth race at churchill downs on the 10th um there were also a couple other jockeys that went down uh and that was uh, sean bridgemahan 
uh, and Corey Lannery, Bridgman and Lannery, uh, were examined by the track doctor and both came back and won races later in the card. All right, uh, great rider, great guy. Rafael Bayarano is going to be out for two weeks with a hand injury. So uh, it's a strained ligament on the outer portion of his right hand. So out for two weeks, we won't get to see Raphael. Uh, he also might be able to sit out some suspension time. I'm not sure if you could do that while you're while you're uh, injured, but nonetheless, looking forward uh, to uh, him coming back. And you may remember our guest from uh, three weeks ago in uh Gary Falter, he said that the uh, Ownerview conference uh, out on Breeders' Cup week was absolutely fantastic. And the thing is, you can go and attend, and it's not going to cost you a couple hundred dollars like I did there. So you can either go to Ownerview or the Blood Horse, because they sponsored uh, the uh, event, and you can actually see uh, the different parts of the conference, uh, insights from the various panelists and speakers, and Gary just said they were the creme de la creme of racing, and it was just fantastic. So you get to see it for free. You can go to Ownerview and Blood Horse. Again, Ownerview, really cool website if you haven't seen it. Now, for those of you that want to uh, get a uh, bang for your buck, you want to go to Charlestown. They're lowering the pick four takeout starting December 1st. It's going to be a 15% takeout and so that is the lowest uh, takeout they've had since 1933 uh so uh charlestown the pick four i believe they already have uh, uh two a day so starting december 1st you will be uh getting a good bang for your buck right there well uh let's see bigger pitcher took the uh, uh red smith handicap uh yeah Cassie runs 1-2 in the Coronation uh, Futurity up at Woodbine, trying to get through some other results. Uh, Stickly Stately Dude took the Discovery Handicap, and Hey Dakota upset the Commonwealth Turf. So those were some of the horses that uh, took home some of the top spots last weekend. Okay, again, we've got Ed Meyer coming up to uh, to help us uh, handicap the races we've selected, and also look in the rearview mirror and talk about the Breeders' Cup. But right now, I want to get to Mary Manis from Break to Breeze Racing in Paris, Kentucky. Looking forward to that. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com The home of the easy win form The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses At most American and Canadian tracks Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races Don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you VoiceAmerica.tv is online now The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast all the time the number one internet talk station where your opinion counts voiceamerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, and with me, someone I discovered on Facebook. A friend of mine said, hey, you've got to like her page, uh, Break the Breeze Racing. Her name is Mary Manis. I gave you a little bit of a peek at, at her uh, bio uh, at the top of the show. She's a career horsewoman who's lived for the last 10 years on her farm in beautiful Paris, Kentucky. There's another nice farm down there by the name of Claiborne I've been to once in a while. But she developed an indoor training facility on this property to focus specifically on the training of young thoroughbreds destined for careers at the racetrack. What's really cool that I didn't know was she's a world traveler. She's lived in Europe and the Middle East, and she should not be microphone shy because when she's not racing and training there, she is the lead vocalist with a hard rock band by the name of Five Minutes Left. Mary Manis, welcome to Winning Ponies. Well, thank you very much for having me. Well, uh, Mary, I'm going to take a, a big jump here and guess that you probably got into the game uh, uh, by way of National Velvet. You sound like somebody that's uh, been on horseback since she was a little girl. I was, but it wasn't as romantic as that. Uh, my family started out with racing quarter horses, so I grew up in the racing industry, but it's very, very different. So from from a child, I was getting on very young horses and teaching them the ropes, and I started galloping when I was 10. But quarter horses are a completely different uh, temperament and breed from the thoroughbred racehorse. So you kind of have to graduate. And uh, But the, the quarter horses, they gave me the education that I required. Well, let me ask you then, which are harder to break, a quarter horse or a thoroughbred? Uh, that is not a question that you could a- answer effectively because horses are horses. And uh, in the end, I would prefer a thoroughbred over a quarter horse because they're, they're more responsive. They're not smarter, but they're quicker. And uh, there's a lot more power underneath you and... Like I said, you know, quarter horses is, is one thing, but thoroughbreds, you know, that, I don't know, that's where I live. I am, I am very pro-racing, very pro-thoroughbred um, racing. So, so you've you're been on the farm now for 10 years. Again, uh, I'm sure you'll invite people to, uh, to like Break Debris uh, Racing on Facebook if they want to go there. Yes, but please. when they go there, as I did, they're going to get a, a, a kind of an interesting look at a farm. I noticed that you've got a starting gate. It looks like you've got a, a nice uh, training track. Uh, you mentioned the indoor facility. It looked like maybe a round pen. Uh, tell us what, what the uh, farm looks like in Paris, Kentucky. 
Okay. Well, the, actually, the, the starting gate and the racetrack itself is the Thoroughbred Training Center uh, that's owned by Keeneland in Lexington. Uh, keep stalls there for the later part of a young horse's training when they're actually getting uh, their training on the track. They start here at the farm. Uh, you know, when they get off the van from the sale or from um, the farms in the area, they leave their pedigrees in the trailer. I don't want to know who they're by. I don't want to know anything more than the horse that's in front of me and what, what I am supposed to teach the filly or the colt that I, that's now under my jurisdiction. So, that, you know, I, pardon me. I, I say that that's very interesting. I've never heard somebody take that philosophy before. It's usually like, well, okay, who's he by? <laughs> well, you do. But the thing is, is, is you, if once, once you, you, you don't want to, it has to be democratic. You don't want to favor one over the other because pedigree doesn't necessarily dictate talent. Talent can come from anywhere. They're all bred very similarly. And yes, speed begets speed and endurance begets endurance, staying ability. But you don't know what you've got until literally the gates open for the first time, maybe the second or third time. A lot of times you just don't know what you have. They develop at different rates, mentally, emotionally, physically. Um, you, you, you can't say, well, this horse is just, say, by elusive quality, so he's going to be a sprinter and he's going to be this way and that way. may not be that way at all. So I prefer not to know. I know what lines tendencies are. You know, I'm, I'm very pedigree savvy. I... Uh, was the shortlister for Eugenio Colombo, who is a world-renowned bloodstock agent. I went to Europe with him all over this country. We bought and sold million-dollar horses. So I'm, I'm, my, my pedigree knowledge is, is good, and my confirmation knowledge is good. But horses with crooked legs win every single day. Horses with, with pedigrees that are not top-notch win every single day. Look at California Chrome. You know, Lucky Pulpit. You know, Lucky Pulpit was a, a horse by Pulpit who ended up being a California sire. And out of that, it, it took a long time to get some respect for California Chrome, but he is, you know, he's a racehorse. Yeah, when so it comes to pedigrees, I, hmm? I, I, I always reflect on John Henry. I mean, he was by old Bob and Bowers. <laughs> Became one yeah. of the most famous horses in the world. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it, sometimes horses make their own pedigree on the track, and we certainly are seeing that with California Chrome right now. Well, one thing that message that, that came through on, on your page was that uh, – you, you emphasize the importance of consistent handling and a routine that cultivates Absolutely. the sense of confidence in the young racehorse. Tell us, uh, what are the steps you take that? I, obviously, from what I've seen on the video, you're extremely hands-on. Yes, I am. Um, so I use a natural horsemanship technique uh, that I um, took a lot of uh, the techniques from Kellen Gorder, who's a trainer, Sure. Uh, a very good trainer here in town. And from, from his technique, I developed my own because I am, I'm not very big. I'm 105 pounds soaking wet and I'm 
you know, I, I have to, I have to think my way through things. I cannot muscle my way through things with these guys. So you, you immediately establish, uh, horses are hierarchy driven. So there's going to be an alpha and it needs to be you. There's no such thing as equals. So you have to establish yourself as, as an individual that the horse looks to and relies on as their eyes and ears. Is that okay? Can I walk up to that? Yes, you can because I'm walking up to that. You know, is, it, is this scary? No, it's not. Can I do this? Yes, you can. And, and, and you start a conversation with them from the first time you get them into the round pen. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking, first they learn a sort of an alphabet. They turn it into words. They turn it, you turn it into a conversation. And that starts out with them simply moving around the round pen in a way that I wish. So if I want them to stop, I do a certain thing. Or if I want them to turn toward me, I do a certain thing. And you use your body, uh, just like another horse would, to teach them to uh, respond to you. And once that conversation starts, you can start making it more complex. And that complexity turns into getting a saddle on, standing for getting a saddle on. Uh, you know, that, for, that all-important first mount-up, which in about 85% of the cases, there's no blow-up, there's no bucking, there's no rearing. If I have done my job, they stand, they're uncertain, they're nervous, but they're not uh, afraid or aggressive. And then there are then every once in a while there's one that, that does kind of come out of their skin. But, again, because I'm so little, I really have to do this with my head. So I, I really strive not to teach a horse to buck because that's what you do when they start to buck and not to teach him to rear because if they buck and they rear when you first get on them, they have learned that they can do that. And those activities do not go with the racetrack. You, you want a horse that is, that is consistent and confident, and the only way you can get that is if you are consistent and confident with him. And a consistent, confident horse is a safer horse, a more focused horse. He's a horse that will get, go into the starting gate the first time. He's a horse the first time he sees a racetrack. He will, he will move off under his rider because he trusts his rider. Um, horses that are not well-trained are the ones that are getting loose in the morning, won't go in the starting gate, rearing, bucking, acting up. Horses that have been handled consistently and thoroughly don't do that as a, as a general rule. So that's what you're looking for, you know. A, a calm horse is a safe horse. A confident horse is a safe horse. And a safe horse will get you to the races and won't get hurt and won't hurt your rider. Most importantly. Well, that's, I've heard that from so many trainers on the track that, uh, that get horses from people like you. They said, boy, this horse came in and he had his mind right. You know, And they say that makes their job further down the road so much easier because the horse, it's not the first time he's seen a starting gate. You know, It's not the first that's time right. he's being asked to do different things and switch that's leads correct. and things like that. And uh, he says the horse that comes in with the right mind is better than a horse that comes in with, with a great pedigree. So, uh, 
totally on the page uh, with with you there. We were talking to uh, uh, Mary Manis from uh, Break the Breeze Racing. Um, Mary, how do uh, you get your clients or if uh, somebody wanted to kind of uh, uh, come out and see your place or talk to you about taking over a young horse, what, what would that process be? Well, you could simply go to my Facebook page. My phone number is there. Um, I've, I acquire uh, clients through word of mouth, uh, direct referral. I did break all of the young horses for Midwest Thoroughbreds uh, wow. in 2008, 2009, and 2010, and, um, which was quite, quite an, uh, it was an excellent experience. I have nothing but good things to say about that. But I had 40 horses at a time at the training center that, um, you know, I started from scratch and took all the way, some of them, all the way to getting their gate cards and then sending them on to their trainers. Some of these horses won their first races directly off of my training. We won a lot of our races first time out. You know, they, I send them sound. I send them knowing exactly what to do. And, and, and I send them fit. And I send them happy. So the trainers get them, and rather than having to mess around with them, three weeks later, they're in their first race. They come out of the gates. They know what to do. And they showed up for us. So... Well, anybody that could have done that for Midwest during their heyday uh, has to be applauded. My question is, with those kind of numbers, what, do you sleep like two hours a night? Well, it's not just me, obviously. At that point, you're hiring grooms and other riders. You know, we, would, we go out in sets. Even, even if I only have a few horses, I want to go out in a set with other horses. It's very good for young horses to get bumped, to be passed to learn how to pass, uh, to be rated, to uh, stay with another horse or to pull away from another horse. And when you do all of these little exercises in gymnastics, you need to be with, an, with other riders that are on the same page, you know, with, with, with young horses just like the one you're on. So I, 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 at one point I had... I had eight grooms. I had seven riders plus myself. I didn't ride. Every, I didn't ride ten horses a day, but I would ride every horse at least once a week, no matter who it was. There were some horses that I didn't sleep the night before because I knew I had to get on them because they were so <laughs> tough. But you know, you do what you got to do. So I, it, I was always very hands-on. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, it, it sounds like like you do a, a great job. Again, we've been talking with Mary Manis uh, from Break to Breeze Racing. I do believe your Twitter is at Break to Breeze Racing. Am I correct there, Mary? Yes, it is. Great. Well, I hope uh, people will go and uh, like your Facebook page and take a look at what, what it is that you have up there. And uh, hopefully this conversation here tonight will uh, will get you a few extra clients. We're going to have to get you back on the show because I know we just barely scratched the surface, Mary. Well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you very much. And you all have a good night. Okay, we will. I'll be in touch. That was Mary Manis from Break to Breeze Racing, and uh, coming up next, I'm going to bring in handicapper extraordinaire, the man I most admire, Ed Meyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies. (laughs) 
The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me now, the former host of this very show... The one, the only, Ed Meyer. Ed, I haven't seen you for a while. I miss you. How you doing, brother? I got about uh, three inches taller and 90 pounds lighter. It's, uh, no. How you doing, God? Good to hear from you. It's nice to know Photoshop's still working for you. <laughs> well, you know that I'm, I'm a real wizard at that. <laughs> Anyhow, listen, how did you make out uh, the two-day Breeders' Cup spread, man? It was tough. I, I, I had a couple exactas, but overall kind of took a beat down on my extended bets uh, due to some horses by the name of Dortmund and California Chrome. You know, it was, I think it far exceeds this year for me, you know, actually win-loss. I mean, we have good and bad days all year long, but you couldn't have asked for two better days. The the long part of it was lost some money on the two days, but I think there were some races there that are actually going to be, oh, they're going to be in conversation racing circles for years to come. Absolutely, and the, 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 let's let's go to, to the ladies' version first. Uh, anywhere I could say it or print it, I said this is going to be a race for the ages, and it turned out to be just that. And that was the Breeders' Cup distaff songbird. Well, Mike Smith pretty much said, "Hey guys, catch me if you can," and it happened. But it couldn't have happened by a more deserving horse in Beholder, who's been kept in this game by Spendthrift Farm. Uh, through her six-year-old season, and after three straight losses this year, to be able to get on top in what was just a sensational stretch run. In fact, it was. It was. It was the way to kick off day one with the distaff. You know, John. One of the neater parts, and I thought about it after the race as they squared off right inside the quarter pole. There's two guys. We're just going to say in that fifty-ish time of life, squaring off, probably in better shape than 80% of the riders out there, and they bellied down and dueled right up to the wire. <laughs> 
Yeah, and how classy, you know, when they pulled up. I mean, you know, Gary Stevens was just in tears. And eventually, I do believe, said Beholder was the best horse he ever rode. And Mike Smith was so classy in defeat on a horse that had never been defeated. Class personified all the way around. Uh, I've often referred to Mike Smith as the big money rider. You know, they congratulated each other. You know, there was a time when Donna Barton Brothers was asking Gary, you know, about Beholder, Gary Stevens about Beholder, and you kind of heard a little tear in his voice as she said, this is going to be the last time that you're ever going to have the chance to ride her. And, And I think it far exceeds wins, losses, and money for these guys. They do this because they love it. Yeah, and it's great that uh, Rick Porter of uh, Fox Hill Farm, uh, number one, has uh, kept this horse uh, Songbird in training. I don't think he needs the money and that he's already announced that uh, she's going to be coming back as a four-year-old. And I believe it was Mike Smith that said, you know, we got beat today, but she's coming back next year and she's only going to be bigger, better, and stronger. You know, it's great to have connections that keep the superstars in the game. It was like uh, when we were a little younger, if you were watching Oscar Robertson or if you had the, the opportunity to watch Michael Jordan in his prime, you know, to keep the stars in the game is actually what draws new fans and they become familiar. You're California Chrome. Is, is the name that first pops into my head. That, you know, even, even just the rank and file, Joe and Mary that go to the races twice a year would recognize a California Chrome. I think it only has that star power and that, that drawing, that attraction of really bringing the people back to the game. All right, well, uh, that's a perfect segue to where I want to go next. And, of course, it's a question that uh, I asked your close personal friend, Jay Privman, last week. And that was, what did you make of Victor Espinosa's over-the-shoulder look at the rest of the field? I I know you're a big proponent of jockeys that are really good just taking a little peek underneath their armpits when they're they're riding. Um, He he looked like he was uh, looking for a road map or something. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess, uh, it, once again, it far exceeds the two bucks that you bet. John, I was never so disappointed that Victor Espinosa didn't just keep the task. Art Sherman, probably one of the kindest gentlemen of the game, and he just he was kind of bewildered that, that in fact, uh, he seemed to be looking around, and he was more worried about Arrogate than, than cruising at, at a beautiful speed with California Chrome. Does it come down to the end result? I don't know. But you know what? We're not going to know. But I think Victor Espinosa, if he can kick his own rump, he probably would like to have that one over again. I would think so. You know, when you're riding for $6 million, you look to the finish line and what's behind you. I did notice, though, that Mike Smith kind of stayed behind him and not down on the rail or making a sweeping move. It seemed to me like it was a little cat and mouse game where he had Arrowgate placed. Maybe that's why he was looking around so much because he couldn't see the damn winner. There were a couple of really neat little videos, John. And actually there was a, a kind of a, it was almost from the outside looking into a tent area and Bob Baffert and Mike Smith were talking and Mike was kind of describing, watch me, I'm Bob and I'm weaving. He looks at me, I weave in and I drift out. And once he looked over, he saw him to his left after about the fifth time Smith went around. And it, 
Mike Smith is is possibly one of the best riders that I'll ever see in, in my lifetime as a racing fan. I, I'm truly amazed by his ability, his communication with the runners, and he seems timeless and ageless. It looks like he's he's in better form than I remember him coming uh, in his first one of his first years from Canterbury Park to Turfway during the inaugural meet. And I can remember him then. He looks like he's riding like just a polished 22-year-old now. He's in remarkable form. John, anytime Mike Smith guides a horse, win, lose, or draw, I get truly excited about the game. He, he, is, he is truly a magic man, and he's spectacular for the sport. And speaking of magic man, what about the training job Bob Baffert did bringing this horse up to the race. It had not raced since August 27th. I, I got a feeling that Baffert knows what he's got in the barn, and he knew this horse was a freak and really didn't need a race in between and, uh, you know, just popped up that, that that huge effort. I mean, what do you think uh, about, if I could ask you this a couple months out, what's going to happen in the Pegasus? You know, that's that's really going to be exciting. And I believe it is going to be January 28th. I believe that, you know, I've seen it a, a few times in print, and they were talking about tickets, et cetera. I think the Pegasus is going to be extremely exciting. It's going to be a tremendous, a tremendous card all the way around and uh, culminating with the richest race in the world and our good friend, Mr. Pete Aiello is going to be calling all the action and, and bringing it to life. I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about the whole day all around. But, John, after I caught Arrowgate, the first real glimpse in the Travers, I believe we were at the track together. We were watching it, and it just looked like, just like a scary runaway train. And I don't think they know. This is a three-year-old. Yeah. I don't think, I they, know, I don't think they know what they have yet. A 122 buyer. I mean, I haven't done my complete homework, but I, I got to think wow. that's the fastest of the year. Oh, I, I agree. A 110%. I, I would bet a Diet Coke on it right now. Arrogate was so impressive in the Travers, and actually, I remember it. I had him in a in a pick four. And I said, "Oh wow, I can't wait to see." I was really surprised at the tactical ability to sit off of Chrome. Didn't jump out there and just overly dominate. Chrome was going right to the front, didn't battle it out, waited, showed the patience of an older runner, John. I think I, it, with, with everything staying in place and, and, and the wagering gods actually looking down, or the racing gods looking down and blessing this runner just to stay fit, I think it's going to be exciting to watch Arrogate just mature. It really is. And by the way, in that pick four that Ed had, Arrogate was let off at just short of 12 to 1. Don't think you'll see that for the rest of his career, that's for sure. <laughs> no way. Well, uh, let's see. Let's uh, let's go to a million-dollar race here. Um, uh, our friend Don Stevens is going to be a very busy man. I believe they got a slew of stakes on the Delta Downs card. Uh, we've got two grade threes here. Uh, for sure, before the break, we should be able to kind of ferret out um, the Delta Downs jackpot. What's interesting here is I, I was just looking at the sales record of these horses. All but one of these horses came out of the Keeneland sale. So you know that uh, you know they weren't just let out of a pasture somewhere. And just to do a little bit of name dropping, Mark Cassie's got two in there. Uh, Derby winning trainers Doug O'Neill and Bob Baffert have them in there. Not to mention uh, Hall of Famer Steve Asmussen. Million dollars will bring you out of the barn. 
And in fact, uh, I believe Mark Cassie was quoted as such a saying, if you build it or if you put the money up, they will come, and they did. Uh, over, over the course of the car, John, 2.3 million, eight stakes in total, two grade threes, as you said. My favorite part, a $200,000 pick four. So grab your easy win forms from Winning Ponies and get to work on your pick four right there with a 12% takeout. you got to love that, but this is going to be a great race. Hey, I, I'm really looking forward to actually watching Don call these races and you know, starting off with a princess, uh, I believe they're going to go a mile. Yes, yes, they are. Well, before we get to the break, though, I, I want to go to the big race, the uh, Million Dollar Delta Downs jackpot. Uh, you got it. You know, I can't, I, I'm having such a hard time because I can easily make a case for at least half the field. You know, you've got horses coming out of the local prep, uh, the, the, the Jean Lafitte. Uh, then you've got horses coming in from Belmont Park, coming out of a, a, a two-time stakes wins, albeit versus New York Breds. Well, what about Cassie coming in? you got Florent Giroux on Thirst for Life and Le Peru on Our Storm and Norman. And uh, I haven't even, you know, gotten to uh, Baffert, Asmussen, or Doug O'Neill's horses. You know, and you keep leaving one name out, and I mean, I'm kind of surprised, and, uh, you know, I'm kind of surprised that a gentleman by the name of Dale Romans, with Jay Boys Echo at 8-1, to one, with Kent DeSormo in the irons, who is the only rider to win two of the jackpots. Well, very he won interesting. last year on Exaggerator, second in the Derby, winner of the Preakness, and, you know, but, Jod, all kidding aside, this is who's who. And, and this is where 10 points towards the Derby of next year, which already gets me excited. I'm already stoked just to see where things begin. And there's a lot of game runners that come out of this race, and we see them again in May. Well, uh, you know, what, what, what can I say? I just, nobody really comes to the, 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 the top for me because you got so many angles. I, I know from playing next to you all these years that how you like to look at the trainer stats. How about Hot Sean, Baffert's uh son of flatter you know with two-year-olds he's 24 percent if they're coming in winning after their last race 34 percent he can get horses to stretch out to routes 23 percent of the time and he's won 28 percent graded stakes i know this horse hasn't won a stake or even placed in one but the you know this could be an arrogate in the making in fact you're right for five hundred and fifty thousand dollars Someone had a lot of confidence <laughs> once upon a time at the Keeneland sales. John, I, I think it's, it's an incredible field that's assembled. And the scary part, we've got some stepping out of maiden connections. I kind of tipped my hand with J-Boy's Echo. That's who I'm going for at 8-1 to one because I watched the race at Keeneland five times. I couldn't believe it. Go back if you have any ability or any time to even to go back and watch this. His turn of foot, the son of mine, Chef, John had more bullets in the chamber and was ready, steadied at the top of the lane, circled and cleared. This is a two-year-old, mind you. This was an impressive victory. The, the, speed, the, the track was playing heavily to a closer bias, which played into his hand. But I think with the bevy of speed in here, Jay Boy's Echo, Kent DeSormo, who grew up along those, those lines down there, and my man Dale Romans, who I think is possibly one of the most underrated trainers in the game, I think Jay Boy's Echo is going to come rocking and rolling late in the lane. Well, uh, again, Romans isn't known that much for uh, his, his uh, two-year-olds, is what, is what I've been told. 
but uh, I do believe that that uh, excellent uh, race in the the Breeders' Cup Juvenile uh, that was won by Classic Empire. He'll go down as uh, the the two year old champion. But uh, Roman's horse in there, not this time, was absolutely flying at the end. So he's got a nice barn full of juveniles. Well, as, as you once said, there's not too many men that just leave town when they have a, a nice, uh, a nice little cadre of uh, you know bullets in the barn. Uh, this is this is the best part of the year for me as a horse player. Breeders' Cup's over. We're taking that deep breath, and we're starting the process again. I love the cyclical nature of our game. We're starting again. You know, it's it's a fresh, clean slate, and 2017 is starting. You know, when you start seeing, you know, the Jean Lafitte, which was a kind of a tip, and then you start seeing races come together like this, the Delta Jackpot, which is an incredible, incredible Grade Three event. Uh, oh, and John, the last four winners have come from post nine or ten. Very interesting. Very interesting. Well, a cornucopia uh, of knowledge for you there, my friend. I'm well, well into I'll, Jay Boy's Echo. I like it. Well, you've got you've got uh, tight turns there at uh, Delta Downs. It's surprising that uh, the outside horses have fared so well, but maybe it was just a case of talent. Well, we've been talking about the two-year-old boys in the million-dollar jackpot. Let's uh, cut way down to four hundred thousand uh, dollars for the Delta Downs Princess. Uh, this race uh, at a mile, and and again. A slew of talent in here, Ed. Once again, you got uh, Bob Baffert. Uh, you got uh, this uh, Golden Mischief out of the Asmussen Barn, who just looks like it's uh, screaming for some more distance. Uh, the sire into Mischief is really uh, turning into uh, quite the stud himself. I believe they've just raised his stud fee. And you've got the the top three finishers of that. Uh, what is it, Mike? Tricky cat, my trusty cat. They they went in there to prep at Delta Down so they'd have a race. Uh-huh. So you got Golden Mischief, Flatter Up, and Forest Circle all in this race. And then once again, uh, Julian Le Peru and a horse that got a little tired in the grade one, Alcibiades, just missed in the Ellis Park uh, Juvenile. And uh, you got this mystery horse, uh, San Antonio Stroll. Two turf starts, one its first, just missed, and is working lights out at Delta Downs, best of 71 just a week ago. Uh, I uh, need to get a little oh, farther to the outside. That- Flavor and Pratt in here for Doug O'Neill. Uh, the very consistent uh, Cajun Delta Dawn, although that, that is a Florida bred. Uh, I mean, I could just go on and on. It's just as confusing to me as the uh, Delta Jackpot. In fact, it, it, it is, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and I can't wait to see the gals really just tie it down. John, I'm going to go with number 10, Dude Fantasy, 9-2. to two, Tyler Gaffleone aboard, coming in from Gulfstream. Uh, won on October 1, impressively, in a $500,000 stake at Gulfstream. Going to have that outside post, and I really don't think this is going to be too much of a factor because there is a bevy of speed. And, John, to be very honest with you, Four to five could win this race, and I wouldn't be surprised one bit the least. But I come out with Dude Fantasy. Once again, I'm hoping the track is playing kinder to the off-the-pace variety. Tyler Gaffling was a very nice young rider. Actually, it was uh, Pete Aiello when he was a bug rider. I asked him, I said, in fact, do you think this kid's going to be any good? He said, Ed, he's going to be very good. And That's he's funny you say that. Bit of it. 
Yeah, it's funny you say that because I was talking to Pete not too long ago. He says, hey, you got to get this Tyler Gaffleone on. He said he's a, he's smart, he's sharp, and I think he'd make a good interview. So we might just have to put him on the, the list of, of things to do here. Well, <laughs> I, I think we've pretty much uh, hit, hit the high point. In other words, we've picked probably uh, three-quarters of the field to <laughs> to win the uh, Delta so we're Downs. we're more confused now than when we started. No, we're gonna we're gonna have to get like ten buddies together if we want to get a, a deep ticket on these two races. And, and the, the pick four, what's the pick four gonna pay? You know, well, it's a two hundred thousand dollar guarantee. I mean, it's it's a highlight, star studded card for Delta Downs. And as you as you alluded to in the beginning, Don Stevens. I don't think there's anybody alive that promotes their sport, their product and in probably the most positive fashion, and he's open to questions. He's always on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Periscope. I, I've seen him on uh, a little bit of everything. The guy is about as active there. I, I wonder when, it, when he really sleeps, but he loves the game. He loves the game, and, he, and he's a, he goes back to a, a very good friend of ours, Kerry Charlson, who knew him when he was actually calling it Remington Park way back in the day when we both had dark hair. But this yes. guy, this guy's a real winner for the game, and I cannot wait to hear him call him home that day. No, it, it'll be great, and he is enthusiastic. I had him on, oh, I don't know, about uh, two months ago when they were having some of their big races, and uh, like you said, he's everywhere. He's all over. He's another one that that doesn't sleep. Well, um, the Frank to Francis Memorial Dash is at Laurel Park. I remember this used to be a really good race, and then for some reason, it, it lost its grading, I believe, a couple years ago, but they've, they've been putting better horses in there, and they've been adding money to the purse. They've at least got it back to a grade three, and uh, it, it's drawn two horses to my attention anyhow, and I'm probably missing the winner, but uh, I'll just call this horse, I've been falling off a lot. Um, Calvin Burrell's going to come in and ride this horse. He was the regular rider of this horse uh, last year. Horse has only been out three times this year, but has three wins. So obviously something happened after the King Cotton. Uh, but trainer W.T. Howard uh, found the key again and has come back with two more consecutive sprint wins. Again, this race at six furlongs. And the other, I think, uh, mystery horse in here that's got a hell of a lot of talent is XY Jet. If you take a look at how this horse can spit out 100-plus buyers, pretty amazing. They took a big chance with him going over to the grade one Dubai Golden Shanine. Just missed by a neck over there. Uh, came back and had that Dubai bounce uh, in what was a very sloppy Vosburg stake, sloppy meaning track surface. So uh, those two kind of come to the top for me, Ed. Who do you like? I think you, you hit on uh, one of the main factors is 9 to 5 is XY Jet. Uh, I believe it's a Misiao Jaramillo aboard for Jorge Navarro. Once again, another Florida youngster who is lighting the world on fire. And I think XY Jet is going to be the one to catch. And once again, I'm going to try to catch the favorite. Now, number nine, Stall Walking Dude can do just that. Jersey Joe Bravo in town for David Jacobson. John, this is a stone cold closer here. There's, there's no bones about it. This guy does his best running when he comes off the pace, but there's a lot of question because there's so many wonderful races in the area, in New York and on Maryland, and, and, and there's on and all points elsewhere. Stallwalking Dude's multi-entered, so it's, it's kind of up in the air, even as of right now. But uh, I, I'm going to play it just as is, as uh, everyone that, that's out there uh, listening and, and handicapping as well. 
Five to two. I, I think I'm going to try to catch XY Jet down the lane. But trust me, this is going to be a fun race to watch as well. Yes, it is. Well, uh, Matt Stallings, uh, we only got about two minutes left. We'll just take a quick look at the seven furlong Bessarabian up in Canada at Woodbine. The one thing that caught my eye here is that Alan Garcia was having a lot of success with Colin Riri, and he decides to take them out on top decile. Uh, a horse that he's ridden two times. It tells me a little bit of something about which way he wants to go in this race. Um, anything that popped to the top for you? You know, I, I kind of break the uh, the chalk syndrome here, and I'm going to go with the, the six. That's Lily's Goldie at 15-1. to one. Emma Jane Wilson going from a tur- turf to a dirt move, which is really, I, which is one of my favorites, winning 33% for the trainer Nick Gonzalez, John. Three wins for four starts at the distance. And if you take a look, the last two seven furlong efforts have been lights out for this daughter of Milwaukee Brew. I'm going to go 15 to 1, light up the board. Emma Jane can flat out horseback. Been a big fan for a long time. I think the turf to dirt move keeps her tight. I think she's ready. And uh, 33%, I think the barn knows exactly what they're doing making this move. Absolutely, Ed. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much uh, for your insights on Breeders' Cup Day and uh, for all your time uh, breaking down these almost impossible races to handicap. I think the only one that we really both uh, fall on here is uh, XY Jet, uh, uh, but uh, you're going to try to upset him with Stall Walk and Dude. Again, a lot of speed in that dash. But uh, anyhow, it's a wide open. Hey, Thanksgiving coming up. Uh, Fairgrounds is uh, going to be open. Great cards uh, at Churchill Downs. Uh, so I know that you will be near a, uh, a racetrack not too far from you, and I wish you best of luck, Ed. John, best of luck to you and yours, and, uh, and best of luck all around. Happy holidays, everybody. And don't forget, download your Easy Win forms now. They've got over $10 million in exotic paths. There's plenty of room on the bandwagon. Absolutely. That what I was just getting ready to tell them, especially with these cards that are uh, just starting up. You're going to have horses coming in from all over, and I think you're going to have a lot of full fields at both the fairgrounds and Churchill Downs, so pull down the easy win forms. And I want to thank uh, Mary Manis from uh, Break to Breeze uh, Racing in Paris, Kentucky. Very uh, interesting. Go to her uh, Facebook page and, and, and take a look at what she's done. Anybody that can break the babies for Midwest Thoroughbreds for three years has got to know what she's doing. Once again, I want to thank my uh, close friend Ed Meyer for coming on with us and just like Ed I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving remember we'll have our Breeders Cup review show on next week on Thursday remember ladies and gentlemen when you go to a racetrack bet with your head not over it thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart we know the information from today's show will help you at the next post keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network